Are you ready to kick some freaking ass and achieve your goals this year? Let's get into it. Stop people pleasing. Guys, I'm freaking telling you right now, you're showing up every single damn day for other people. And so it is imperative that when you want to crush it, you want to build your confidence, you want to get motivated to get the F up and live out that dream. You've got to address where your time is spent and who the hell you're more focused on than yourself. So where I want you to start is number one, figure out who the hell it is that you're actually trying to please. With zero judgment, start writing down those people's names. Then next to that person's name, you need to identify honestly why you're putting them and their needs and pleasing them ahead of your own. So right by my mother, because I want her to be proud of me. Cool. Now you've got the person and now you've identified the reason on why on earth you're putting them ahead of yourself. Now, Sometimes in this process right now, guys, it's going to be hard to be honest. But this is where I beg of you. I freaking plead of you. You absolutely need to be so damn honest of why you are pleasing them. Because until you can actually tap into this, until you can actually identify and recognize the reason why, you're never going to be able to actually start to piece that apart and stop people pleasing so that you can focus on yourself. So even if you have to be so damn vulnerable and say something like, I want to please my partner. And the reason is, is that if I don't, I don't feel validated. If I don't, I don't feel good about myself. If I don't, I don't feel enough. Or here's another example. I actually know somebody who married their partner, even though they didn't want to get married so that they can please his family and her family. Think about that for a second. You so want to be accepted in your family and your culture that you have said yes to something that doesn't align with who you want to be or for the rest of your freaking life. Now, we're not here to freaking judge, guys, but we absolutely are here to call ourselves on our own stuff so that we can build the confidence to then get to the goal we want. So be honest don't feel the shame. Don't like you may feel some shame in saying, Oh my God, I can't believe even now in my thirties, in my forties, here I am as a woman trying to please my partner because I want to be validated. No, 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 no. There's no space for you to beat yourself up over the reason why that isn't the goal here. We just need to know so that we can start to with no judgment, unpeel it. You have to know, you have to assess and be honest with yourself before you can stop the pleasing that gets in your way of your goal and dream. And the harsh truth about this tip is you're then going to have to face taking action. Now that means you either have to take action where you're going to tell people you're going to stop pleasing them, or you have to actually take action in making sure that you show yourself that God damn it, you are your own priority. Now here I was in this exact situation. I was a stay at home wife for eight years putting my husband's needs and wants ahead of my own. And I had to be honest with myself that this was an act that I was doing. I had to be honest with myself that I wasn't forced to be here, that this was a choice that I had made. And here I was in this situation. So I just take ownership over it. 
Now the ball is in your court. You now actually have to do something about it. So here I was acknowledging that I was putting my husband first, that it was a choice that I had made. And now I realized it wasn't serving my future. I wanted to be in movies. I was the kid that freaking dreamed in London. I was getting up at 3 a.m. to watch the Oscars. I went to film school. I was so aligned on that dream. And yet here I am telling you that I ended up being a stay-at-home wife for eight freaking years and I gave up on my dreams and my goals and I lost my confidence? How the hell did that happen? It happened because I was so focused on the validation I was getting by people-pleasing and making my husband and the rest of my family happy. So you can see why I had to be honest with myself about the fact that that was a choice. I had to be honest with myself that I was the one that let my dreams die. Yes, that was a choice I made. Now, I don't beat myself up, but I do make sure I then take responsibility so that I can act. Now, what did that action look like? This is the final piece to the puzzle, guys. The final piece was me approaching my husband, who I love more than life itself, telling him that I take ownership over the fact that I find myself now not going after my goals, not going after my dream, losing all of my confidence and my self-esteem. But now I want to change it. I no longer want to put clothes out for you while I love you. I no longer want to clean for you while I love you. I now want to execute on this dream and goal that I haven't told you about. So that is how, homie, you are able to take your characteristic of people-pleasing to start identifying where it comes from, who it's with, and then how to actually handle it so that you can pivot your entire freaking life. You can stay focused on you, your needs, and your wants, and your life. And that, homie, is how you do it. Set boundaries. Now, I hear what you're saying. Why the hell, Lisa, are you talking about goals and motivation and confidence? And then the thing that you say is set boundaries. Well, let me explain, guys, because without this, without you actually being able to identify, know, and then act in accordance where your boundary line is, what's going to freaking happen is you're going to work hard. You're going to be doing all these tips and steps that I tell you. You're going to be listening to books. You're going to be progressing and really feeling like you've got the rhythm going. And then on that freaking last mile, you're going to burn out. You're going to absolutely freaking burn out because you haven't set boundaries with other people to make sure that you're always showing up for yourself first. Let's freaking own it. Burnout won't help you. Burnout will only set you backwards. Burnout will only delay your goals. Burnout will only slow down your freaking confidence. So the reason why it is imperative set boundaries when you're starting to talk about how the hell you're going to live the life that you want and achieve those freaking audacious goals that you have set, you must, must, must set freaking boundaries. Now, I can only tell you the worst thing that ever happened to me came because I was terrible at setting boundaries. I let so many people dictate how I was going to show up, where I was going to show up, for how long for, that I was just available to everybody. I had zero boundaries. So every single moment of the day, I was being reactive to what people needed from me. When I freaking realized that absolutely led to my burnout. And guys, when I say burnout, I really mean, think the worst case scenario where you are so burnt out, my gut erupted. 
I so ignored my health. I so ignored that I was having worse and worse gut issues that it actually felt like it erupted. That held me back and I'm still on that journey. It's been six years now. My hair was falling out. My nails were freaking brittle. I couldn't stand up for longer than five minutes at a time. Now imagine how that knock has a knock-on effect to your self-esteem, how you feel about yourself, the mindset that you have, your confidence. It was the worst I've ever felt. So when I say you must set boundaries so that you can show up every day, I don't just mean it's like, ah, set boundaries. I mean, you better freaking set boundaries. Now, this means that you're going to have to create a new routine for yourself. And that's exactly what I had to do for myself. My new routine was every Saturday morning, I switched my phone off. I wasn't allowing myself to become accessible to other people, which allowed me to not be reactive to other people. And I started to demand, demand of myself that every Saturday morning is my space to recoup, to re, to heal. Number one, be very clear with people in your life who this is going to affect. Number two, let them know why you're setting the boundary. Number three, let them know how this is going to serve you, how it's going to serve your mindset, how it's going to serve your health, and how it's going to serve your happiness. Now, the reason why you do this is you need to be utterly transparent because now if you've said, hey, this is why I need to do it. This is for my health. This is for my mindset. This is for my self-esteem. And if that person turns around and still tries to bombard and knock down your boundary, that tells you something about them. But you better believe all the people in my life that didn't want me to set this boundary, once I told them that without this boundary, my health was suffering, my mindset was suffering, my self-esteem was freaking suffering. Once I actually was that transparent, people didn't necessarily like it, but they absolutely understood. So that is why I believe it is imperative to articulate. Now, the next part of this is you need to actually hear them out. You need to hear their response to you setting this boundary. Now, why do you need to hear them out? Because if you're going to say, but Lisa, it's my boundary, they're going to have to like it or lump it. Sure, they can lump it, but don't you want to at least try to have a communication with the person that you care about? This is the whole point, that you actually care about them. So I always give them space to be heard. That doesn't mean they're going to convince you, but everyone, everyone on the face of the freaking planet wants to be heard and wants to be seen. So if we know that about humans, give them the grace to be heard. In case there's actually something that you're not thinking about. In case there's actually some validity to what they're saying. So give them the space to hear them out. Once you've heard them out, you want to respond with something like this. Thank you for your opinion, but I'm still going to fill in the blank. Or maybe they've highlighted something that you didn't know. And so in that situation, just thank them for actually shining the light on something and helping you on setting the boundary. But once you've had this discussion, after that, guys, it no longer becomes a discussion. It becomes a way that you actually articulate your need. Now, the next thing, give clear rules and guidelines. Do not leave anything up to interpretation. So if the guideline is, for me, with my health and my mindset, 
My phone will be off on Saturday mornings. So if you try me, it is going to go to voicemail. The time frame that it will be on voicemail is between the moment I wake up to 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So you're more than welcome to ping me, but please just know it's I'm never going to answer. Okay, that's very freaking clear. There's no nuance. There's no like, oh my god, I didn't realize you meant this day at this time. I didn't realize you meant it. You weren't going to answer. I thought that right. Be clear, because the whole point in everything that I'm saying is that you're able to execute it with clarity and actually get the results we're looking for, so you can concentrate on your self care. So that you can build your confidence and go and crush your freaking goals. So now, once you're clear on these guidelines, I'm going to use a phrase that you guys may hate, but it's just the language that enables me to understand what I mean. Now, what you're going to do is reward and punish. Oh, I know you may not like those words, but see through the words, guys. You're going to reward, and I like to use the word punish, but you can use a different word.、Um, Consequences, maybe show consequences if you want to use that. Go for it. But the thing is, you hope that the people in your life actually want to do good, right? That's a nice, beautiful assumption to have. So as you start to set these rules and guidelines, you want to assume that the person wants to actually abide by them and do well. Now that doesn't mean they're going to succeed. Just because they want to do well, we all have habits. Habits are hard to undo. We all have ways of thinking. Those are hard to shift. And so, as you start to lay out these guidelines, you want to make sure that you're absolutely that person's cheerleader when you see them trying. Be their cheerleader. Tell them thank you for trying. Give them a reward. Like literally, if I want my husband to do something, you better believe I know how to reward him. I'm just going to be honest. So. I know that when I reward him, he's going to be more likely to try again. And I'm honest with it; it's not manipulation because we're always very honest with each other about how we're rewarding each other. And then the punishment side of it is, guys, if they they keep stepping over your freaking boundary, you've got a choice: are you going to let them do it, or are you going to actually let them know that shit, homie, don't fly? That's a decision you can make. But let me tell you: if you don't actually vocalize. That what they're doing is crossing the boundary. What are they going to do? They're going to cross it again. They may not mean to, but they absolutely will. So, as humans, when we get negative feedback, that's going to make a difference. So, if you see someone crossing a line, time and time again, what you start to do is be honest and tell them. Then what happens is, I'm just going to be honest, guys. If they keep crossing that line, why the hell are you giving yourself over to them, time and time again? So when I say punish, I just mean you're giving yourself over. If it's a relationship, and if they cross the line, if they disrespect you, how are you going to react? If there are zero consequences to their actions, what do you think they're going to do? Exactly. You've just answered it yourself. So just to do a recap before I go to the very final thing, you're going to recognize that you need self-care time. You're going to identify where. You're then going to tell people of your new routine. You're then going to hear them out in case they've got some feedback that maybe you haven't considered. Then you're going to officially set the boundary. You're going to give very clear rules and guidelines of what that boundary actually looks like, so that they know exactly what you mean when you articulate your position. 
You're then going to take that and when someone does well, you're going to give them a pat on the back and you're going to be their chili. Then you're going to thank them for being so kind and considerate to try and make sure that they stick by your boundary. And when they don't, you're going to express the consequence and the fact that that doesn't sit with you. And then the final thing on everything that I just said, guys, is you have to be damn consistent. People may not mean to. I like to think the best of everybody. People may not mean to. They may not mean to overstep the boundary. So if you're not freaking consistent on holding where that boundary lies, they're absolutely inevitably in a year, in two years, on days that they're really stressed and they're not thinking about it. They're probably just going to forget. And so you need, you need to remain consistent on the boundary, where the line is, and the reason why you're setting it in the first place so you can freaking spend your time going and crushing your goals. Learn to say no with a caveat that you can say yes if you really want to. But the reason why, guys, I had to also do this as part of goal setting and confidence building is because you've only got 24 hours in a day. You only have seven days a freaking week. So now the question is, where do you spend that time? Now, if you keep saying yes to things, what happens? You leave less and less and less time to build your confidence and to go out and set on the path of your goal. And so if you don't even know how to say no, if you're not sure how to let someone down so that you've actually got time for yourself, because what's going to happen, guys, is you're going to be on this hamster wheel where you're desperate to get off so you can go for your goal, but you keep saying yes to things, so all you keep doing is running and running in the same spot. And then you wonder why you haven't been able to actually make a move and achieve your freaking goal. It's because you're prioritizing that last. So, homie, I'm asking you right now, put yourself on the top of your priority list. And to do that, that absolutely means you've got to learn to say no. Now, how the hell do you say no? Because I get it's absolutely easy in theory. So I've created a little cheat sheet for you guys. I want you to write it down right now so that you have ways of actually showing up and implementing this in your life. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply.
As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. There's no like up in the air, not quite sure what to do. Homie, you're here because you want actual tips, actual tools on how the hell you build your confidence. So here are things that you can say in real time so that you absolutely can prioritize yourself. So the one that we all get tripped up on is when a friend asks you out. It seems like the most silly, simple thing. And yet every single person that I speak to, including myself, has trouble with this thing. When someone invites you out, you don't want to say no. I think there's many reasons. We don't want to disappoint someone. We want to feel like we're part of the crowd. We want to be liked. So there's all these reasons that we can actually, yes, identify why we say yes. But if we know it doesn't serve us, how the hell do you let that person down without dipping into all the fears that you've just said of like, you know, feeling left out, dismissing them, making them not feel worthy. So here are some words. Someone asks you, hey, you want to come out? And you're like, no. You can always do it in a polite and gracious way by saying, thank you for thinking on me, but I won't be able to make it this time. Period. You're not going to keep talking. You're not going to give them all the reasons why. You're just going to say, I'm so sorry, I can't make it this time. It's polite, it's gracious, and now you've just reinforced the notion that you get to put yourself first. Now, what if it's somewhere where someone actually invites you and the idea of going is worse than thinking about stabbing yourself in an eye with a dull fork? It is that bad of an offer. I don't know about you, but I've had some offers like that. And in that moment, you just want to go, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to that. But now what you've done is you've dismissed that person, you've made them feel bad about themselves, and so that doesn't actually get you what you want because, homie, I'm always trying to show up to be graceful and respectful. So instead of doing that, oh, my God, why would I ever do that? You can say, you know what, I'm actually not a fan of that place, but I would love to meet you for a coffee somewhere else on X date. So what you've done is you've turned them down, you've been able to say no, you now haven't wasted your freaking time doing something that doesn't serve you, doesn't serve your goals, doesn't serve you building confidence and feeling like a freaking badass. And yet, you've still been able to maintain that friendship, that relationship, because now you've given an alternative that you can do and go somewhere else that actually does serve you and your connection with your friend. If someone's asked you to do something, don't say, I don't have the time. 
that becomes irritable, it's dismissing them, and you know what? They're going to feel like they have got on the bottom of your priority list. Now, even if you don't mean that, let's say you're really freaking flustered, you're having such an intense day, people are coming at you left, right, and center, and it's not that you mean to dismiss them, it's just you mean like, oh my God, I don't have the time for that. But now what happens is, by the way that you respond, actually makes, makes them feel a certain way, and now your no has actually fractured your relationship with them. So instead of just saying, oh my God, no, I don't have the time for that, what you can say is, you know what, thank you so much, I'm actually so busy right now, and while I would absolutely love to, I just won't be able to make the time. But once my calendar opens up, I would love to talk about it again, okay? I don't like to say the word punting, but you're kind of punting it a little, so that because hopefully you really mean it. I'm not saying punting is a lie, but like you're just being honest with them, right? You're being transparent. You're telling them why you're unable to show up. And guys, that is exactly how, by learning to say no, is how you start to free up your time, have the space for yourself, and really freaking focus on that goal that you so want to achieve this year. Don't be too sensitive, All right, guys, I put an emphasis on the two because right now, some of you may be freaking out in the comments, but like, what do you mean, Lisa? You're always talking about feeling your feels and never shut down your emotion. And like, we should always be honest. And that is a hundred percent. But also, because I really want you to freaking achieve your goals and your dreams and to build your confidence, I cannot stand here today and bullshit you guys and only give you one part of a message. If you really need this to be a bit intense, If you really, absolutely want to achieve your goal this year and develop your confidence, you're going to have to be able to embrace two things at the same time. Absolutely address your emotions. Bottling them up will only cause for an explosion later. But how you vocalize your emotions, how you articulate where you may be sensitive is up to you. And now the reason why, guys, I'm slowing down and I'm trying not to be as aggressive is because if there's nothing else you take away from this video, this is the one that I think hopefully will blow your mind and change your life. If you can hold two competing ideas in your mind that you know what, you absolutely deserve to have emotions, you deserve to be able to feel those emotions, and you have every deserve and right to speak those emotions, that is absolutely true. And yet, because I want you to actually achieve your goals, there's a flip side to that. There are consequences to our actions. Now, whether you like it or not, let's just acknowledge there are consequences to our actions. Okay, now, now that I've laid all of that out, I'm going to tell you a story that hopefully changes your life. All right. So I'm doing business with somebody and they've got a big team, we've got a big team and we're doing contracts and we're discussing things and we're discussing deal points and we're talking back and forth. And I write an email and respond. And guys, you know me, right? I'm loud, I giggle, I call people homie, sweetie. Um, That's just my personality of how I express my emotions, how I show people love um, is by, if I call you homie, if I call you sweetie, if I call you my girl, like all of that means something to me. It means that you're in my inner circle. And so, and so we're writing emails back and forth. And so I'm using my personality as I normally do. And I get an email back 
from somebody. They took everyone else off the email chain. So they took their boss off their email chain. So they were working for this other company. They take their boss off. They take their supervisor off. They take everyone off the email and just leave me. Now, as I start to read the email, this lovely woman starts to say that I've completely offended her. That I've completely offended her. And I was like, what the hell? Oh my God, me? What the hell did I do? What I say? And as I start to read her email, she's like, I'm not a dog, so don't give me a pet name. All right, let's just take this one at a time. I was like, did I call her Rova? Like, what the fuck? What did I call her? And so I quickly went to my email because I was horrified because I never, ever, I know who I am and I know my intention. I don't ever intend to offend anybody. So I go back to this email and I look and I'm like, oh my God, I called her Sweetie. Holy crap, I've so offended her. This whole business discussion, deal that we're making, I've so offended her by calling her Sweetie that she felt like she needed to tell me where I'd crossed the line. Now, here's where the two competing ideas in your mind need to exist. I literally just spent entire like 10 minutes talking about setting boundaries, telling people no, telling people where they crossed the line. And so you better believe I like, I, like, I was like, holy smokes, respect that you literally were just like, yeah, this doesn't sit well with me, so please stop doing it. I was in utter awe of respect that she set this boundary. But the other side of it is, what did that message say to me? Oh, crap. First of all, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I crossed the boundary. Wow. I didn't even see this coming because sweetie means something to me. So now how? Someone who believes in female empowerment and literally talks about boundary setting for a living has respect, but how do you think I'm going to show up next time, the next time I write an email? Like literally, put yourself in my position. You mean the most beautiful thing by calling someone sweetie, so you have every beautiful intention, and now someone literally is shut, like telling you that you've crossed the boundary, that you've offended them. And so now, because I don't want to offend them, I'm now writing this email back and I'm petrified. Every single email after that, I had to stop. I had to pause. I had to make sure, my God, is there anything in here that maybe now I'm triggering her? Now, as a business partner, do you think that got her and her team and her company what they wanted? Yes or no? And I'm going to be honest. The answer was no. The second, your sensitivity now has an impact on someone else's life. You need to just call it for what it is. It's fact. And so it is up to you to decide whether that sensitivity, whether you're okay, in fact, with your own sensitivity, having a negative impact on your goal. Because I'm telling you guys, while it was so beautiful that she set the boundary, I'm going to be honest, she held herself back. Because why I was so tense to now deal with her because I didn't know what I was going to say or do that may trigger her. I started to like address the email to other people just in the hopes that in God forbid, in case I said something that offended her, that she wouldn't feel that I was at her because I had no intention of making her feel badly. She can even see right now. I can't even find my freaking words. Why? Because I'm so freaking tense. And that's the point. That's why I needed to actually say this right now. Guys, there's a message out there where everyone's saying, women, feel your feels. You should say everything. Speak your mind. And the truth is, if you're looking at your goals, your dreams, your desires, the truth is 
is that that isn't always the case. There is going to be consequences. And I felt it was so important for me to stand here and just be honest with you guys because I need to set you up for success. So in that entire story, the whole point isn't to stay quiet. The whole point isn't to feel your feels. The point is, is that even when maybe you're feeling sensitive, maybe you're feeling emotional, just bear in mind that the way you then handle it will have a knock-on effect. That is it. There's no good, there's no bad, there's no right, there's no wrong. It's just there will have a consequence. And I urge you to be aware of what that consequence is before you decide how to react on your emotion or your sensitivity. Raise your self-worth. Guys, let's be honest. If you don't think highly of yourself, if you don't think that you're worthy enough, if you don't actually believe that you are worth freaking fighting for, how on earth can you be an advocate for yourself? How on earth can you call your freaking shot and say, that's where I want to go. That's my goal. I need the confidence to get there. How the hell can you do that if you don't actually believe that you're worth the freaking effort in the first place? So how on earth do you build your self-worth? Well, right now, step freaking number one is you have to identify where you're actually currently getting your self-worth from. If it's from other people, you have to immediately stop that. Because that isn't in your control. Now you're leaving your own self-worth up to somebody else. But that's why it's self-worth, right? It's how do you feel? How worthy do you think you are? So by identifying where you're getting it from allows you to then make a game plan on how on earth you're going to pivot from someone else to then looking inside yourself. So what I want you to do is examine if it's actually coming from an external source or not. Then I want you to identify one or two key things that you can do right freaking now to validate yourself. Like literally, you need to right now, I want you to write this down, guys. Build your own credibility. That is an easy way to say I'm building my self-worth. When I say I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, did you actually do X, Y, and Z? If the answer is yes, then what you get to do is say, I'm the type of person that holds to my word. Now you're giving yourself credibility. Then it becomes something that you can start to stack on, if you will, to really feel like I'm the person that says, I'm going to do this. I then do it. I believe in myself. I feel good that when I make a promise, I stick to it. And over time, that is exactly how, exactly how you build that self-worth. I was the person that said I was going to do it and by freaking golly, I did it. Now, when we're talking about goals, I even just said, what's your freaking audacious goal? But the problem is that may take you a year. That may take you, oh God, five years. I don't know. But how the hell do you keep sustaining the enthusiasm towards that big goal because that's why you're here you're here because you want to freaking set a goal you want to build the confidence to get to that damn goal and so what you need to do you have to have to have to identify mini goals along that big audacious goal you've got to you've got to keep consistent you've got to keep yourself motivated and so let's just say my goal is to run a marathon great Then on day one, I'm identifying what shoes I need to wear. On day two, 
I'm going to research how the fastest marathon runner lives their daily lives. I'm just going to research. Now what you're doing is you've got these little incremental goals. You haven't even, you haven't even strapped on your bloody shoes, guys. But you've bought your shoes. You did the research. These are little mini goals that give you the way to pat yourself on the back, build your validation, build your self-worth, and your freaking stripes. Don't wait to be given the answer. Don't wait to be given the self the worth. Homie, you gotta freaking earn it. So put in these mini little incremental goals that you know you can do to achieve to eventually earn your freaking stripes so that you get to the point where you absolutely bloody well believe you're worth putting in the hard work to get to that goal in the first place. Actually, this one runs right perfectly into the next one, which is stop your self-sabotaging habits. Now, the reason why this runs straight in perfectly is because right now with the, let's say the marathon analogy, right now, maybe you're absolutely freaking sabotaging yourself and you don't even realize it. So maybe as you start to talk about, oh, you really want to run the marathon, but the reason why you're not doing it is you never have the time. But what you're actually doing is you're going out late in the evenings, hanging out with your mates, having a cocktail, getting home, exhausting the hangover, you sleep through your alarm, you wake up the next morning and you're in a freaking rush to get to work. So you've told yourself, oh, I don't have the time. But it's actually utter BS. That's like literally you are sabotaging yourself by not taking ownership and being honest about the fact that you have the time. You just choose not to prioritize this goal that you've said. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to play a game called No Bullshit, What Would It Take? So no bullshit, what would it take for me to run a marathon within the next two months? Whatever, right? What Set your goal. And now the whole point of playing this game is to call yourself out on all the freaking excuses because what it would actually take for you to run a marathon, maybe I have to train every single morning. Okay, no bullshit, what would that look like? That means, no bullshit, I would have to go to bed at 9 p.m. I would have to set an alarm for 7 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever. No bullshit, that's what it will take to be able to train enough so that you can run a marathon. Now, Here's the beautiful thing. Maybe you don't want to say no to your homies and go out. Maybe you want to have that cocktail. That is absolutely fine. The whole point of playing the no bullshit, what would it take, is for you to say, I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to say no to my mates. I'm not willing to set an alarm. And that's okay. Now you don't have to beat yourself up over the fact that you didn't reach your freaking goal, right? You can just say, after the year or whatever, you can say, oh, I didn't hit my goal because I wasn't willing to do what it takes. Now you're not bullshitting yourself. The bullshitting yourself is telling yourself that you don't have the bloody time. But the truth is you don't want to make the time. And that's okay. It's your freaking life. It's your goal. So you should absolutely show up however you deem you want to. But the whole point of this video, guys, is to stop bullshitting ourselves of why we haven't achieved the goal and actually implement things that we need to do to build our confidence to get to that goal. So I'm just here to tell you, stop bullshitting yourself. Call yourself out on your excuses. Play no bullshit. What would it actually take? And then ask yourself if that's the life you want. If you decide, yes, I want to freaking run a marathon, but 
I'm just naturally bad at remembering to set an alarm. Cool. Now what you can do is when you play this no bullshit game, you're going to go, cool, I need to set an alarm so that I can wake up in the morning, but I'm really bad because I know I'm going to forget to set an alarm. Great. I'm going to write a post-it note, put it on my pillow so that before I go to bed at night, I see this post-it note on my pillow. Oh shit. I was about to forget to set an alarm. Great. Thank you. Post-it note. Right? Or put in your calendar for the next three months. Go in to your calendar right freaking now and block off from 5am to 6am or whatever time you want. And just literally right now, block it off as busy, as marathon training, whatever you want to call it. I like to give my calendars actually really motivating titles because when I see them, I'm like, oh yeah. So it's like the path to be a badass. Oh, all right. Like give yourself a name of that calendar that you actually really like that motivates you. Put it in your calendar, block off that time. Now, if you need to set that alarm in your calendar to remind you, remind you to set an alarm. All of the things that I'm breaking down right now is to just be honest with yourself, call yourself out, be honest about where you keep getting tripped up and then coming up with a game plan so you don't keep tripping yourself up. Because homie, literally, it would break my freaking heart that you have the tools. I've just given you an entire hour of freaking tools that you can do so that you can show up to freaking be a badass, develop your confidence and get to your goal. But now, right now, you have to do the work. You're the one that has to call yourself out on it. You're the one that has to be honest with yourself about where you get tripped up, about your self-sabotaging habits. And you have to be the one that is willing to take that real hard freaking look at yourself and decide, because yes, it is a decision, decide that that shit ain't going to sit well with you. Once you've decided that, now you're able with glee in your eye and the utmost enthusiasm to actually call yourself out on your self-sabotaging habits. If you're taking your life, your dreams, your goals absolutely freaking seriously because you actually are looking for change, guys, implement everything I've just spoken about. And if you want to go even deeper, if you want to go into freaking masterclass, this is how you actually go after that goal and achieve it. I've got a video right now that goes deep on how to actually do that. How do I set my goals then actually keep the motivation to follow through? All right. I love this question because it's actually a two-parter. Number one, goal setting. Number two, motivation. They are completely different. And so we think that if we've set a goal, that we're instinctually going to have the motivation in order to keep them. Because when we wake up in the morning, let's say we have like this new drive. It's like, oh my God, I want to do a YouTube show. Let's just do that nice and easy. Women of Impact. I want to do a YouTube show. I'm so excited. I've set the goal. I want to hit 100,000 followers. I'm going to do that in a year. Amazing. I've got the idea. I've got the strategy. I'm on fire. And then three months later, Shit's hitting the fan. I can't freaking get guests on. Equipment is failing. The goal isn't going to help keep me going. So I actually see them as two separate entities. Number one, setting the goal. That means where do I want to be in what amount of time? That's how I do goal setting. So let's say, for instance, in five years, this is actually true. In five years, I want to be able to affect a 14-year-old girl that feels insecure about herself. Okay, that's a very clear, very articulate mission of who I want to impact and how I want to impact them. So now I go, that's a very clear goal. 
Okay, but that's five years. Try and keep motivation just by repeating that goal in your head time and time again for five years. You're not going to be able to do it. Why? Because when you feel like shit about yourself, guys, when shame comes in, when guilt comes in, when all these emotions come in that are I hate to say inevitable, when you're doing a journey, when you're trying to achieve something, these are all the things that may rear their ugly heads. So the question is, how the hell do I make sure those things do not keep me from my goal? Because you've already set the goal. That has nothing to do with the motivation that's going to get you there. So separate them. Now you've said your goal, okay? I want to achieve this by this date. Now it's, what is the motivation I'm going to use as a tool on the days that I don't feel like I actually want to achieve my goal, because it's going to happen. It doesn't matter how many times, guys, I tell myself that I'm going to affect this 14-year-old girl. It doesn't matter how many times I repeat that to myself. When shit hits the fan and I just feel shitty about myself, that reminder of what my goal is doesn't freaking help. It doesn't snap me out of this um, negative downward spiral that I might go into, no matter how much I really want the goal. So when it comes to feeling motivated day to day, what I do is I say, how do I collectively create a toolbox so that when those days come that I don't actually want to achieve my goal because I just feel shitty about myself, what are the things I'm going to use? Okay, motivation number one. People say it, so I don't want it to be freaking cliche or cheesy, but it's true. Have a freaking mission. Have your why. So my goal is to impact 14-year-olds. But how do I emotionally connect to it? Because it's very different from saying I have a goal to emotionally connecting and pulling me out of these holes when I have it. So I go back to what does a 14-year-old female, having them think in a certain way, important to me? Because I remember what it was like. I remember, guys, what it was like to be 14 and going in my mum's room, tearing up photos of myself because I freaking hated my nose, being 14 and feeling shitty about myself when I had these big dreams and everyone told me that I had no right to dream like that. All these things, the little Lisa inside me, the things that I've had to overcome, I go back to and I use it as my biggest motivation so that on the days that I'm not feeling good about myself, I have my why. I go back to emotionally connecting with my why. So what I want you guys to do right now is take what goal you have and then connect emotionally to the why. What is going to pull you up and out of bed on those days that you really, really do feel shitty about yourself? I can really get behind that. I can really say, all right, Lisa, you're going to let your negative mind get in the way and demotivate you or are you going to freaking attach yourself to that 14 year old that doesn't feel great about herself so that becomes now a motivation tool for me to go back to all right bear with me that's just one tool it's like the hammer now we want the wrench and just in case it calls for a different skill set so what i then go to is music like music really does allow me to feel a certain way about something so anytime i'm not feeling motivated anytime i just feel like i want to freaking sit on the couch and lick my wounds over how badly i feel about myself or oh my god lisa you're not there yet on your goal and who the hell do you think you are and can't, can you believe it's taking you this long to get to your goal all of these negative things that get to me is what gets in the way of me achieving the goal I go to, how do I influence myself on the opposite way? So once this starts to spiral, I go to freaking music. I play a song that gets me so freaking amped and jammed. And if I'm not feeling it, guys, I literally will start to wiggle. Like, I'll actually start to sing along. I'll start to dance. It's like, I'm a survivor, right? Like, just 
tilt it out, put your arms like, put your body behind it. That is another way of a tool of how I get myself motivated. So another thing is we've all heard about affirmations, but there is a but. You cannot just freaking rely on saying an affirmation and repeating it and then expecting it to actually be so. No, like I think that that's where we go wrong with affirmations. I think that's where we go wrong with quotes and motivation th- motivational tools like that, is that we just expect it to land. But you've got to freaking do the work, right? It's like it's in front of you, but you're the one that has to actually process, that has to remind yourself of what that affirmation means to you and why on earth you're freaking saying it in the first place. So let me just give you an affirmation that I use a lot when I was starting to go on this journey. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. Now, it's been used a lot, but it's so freaking powerful. It's so freaking powerful because it, again, everything, guys, everything I ever talk about, whether it's goal setting, whether it's relationships, everything I talk about always comes back to how I feel about myself. Like, that's it. Like, whether I want to be a CEO of a company or whether I want to be an amazing wife or whether I want to be a good friend or whether I want to get over my self-sabotage, it all comes back to that. Remember one time where you felt so shitty about yourself? You got it? You're holding on to it right now? Okay, great. Now, how do you feel about it? You're like, eh, it kind of still is things, but it never is like it was on that first day or when you first felt like that. And that's exactly how I feel about saying this too shall pass. It's like, while the feeling right now feels so real, it feels like I'm going to feel like this forever. The truth is, is that you don't. And this is just one little signal and a reminder that in that moment that you think, oh my God, everything's falling apart and my goals are uh, gone to shit and who the hell do I think I am going after my goals in the first place. It's just a little disruptor that reminds me, this too shall pass. So guys, those are some actual tactical tips and takeaways that you can immediately do in order to push yourself to be motivated, to go and crush your freaking goals even when, especially when, you don't feel motivated to do it. I'm ready for a complete overhaul, career, personal relationships, and in my spiritual journey. I feel like those should be interconnected in my life, but they are not. How does one undertake a complete life transformation? this video okay here's the thing even just that question is so freaking overwhelming like it's overwhelming for me to read it and then have to answer so the first thing I actually think is try not to put everything all on your plate all at once because I can only freaking imagine if it was overwhelming for me to read it and now have to answer it how it felt for you to actually process that now I don't want to negate how freaking beautiful And amazing it is that you've looked at your life and identified what things actually need to be transformed. That's so amazing, the fact that you've come to this realization. The amount of people that will live their entire lives and believe or at least try to blind themselves to the fact of these things in their lives that, oh, no, 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 they're fine. Oh, no, 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 it's great. So I want to applaud you in the fact that you've recognized that all of these things in your life don't suit the life that you actually want and now you're looking to transform. So now that you've identified which I just said that I love, all these different areas that you need improving. Now I would, I am so goal-oriented, guys. Everything, everything has to go in order of priority. And here's the thing, the amount of times, oh my God, the amount of times when I say this to my team, they're like, yeah, but everything's a priority. No, no, I understand. I make up, oh my God, this priority is a priority. But ultimately, we all need to know when something comes into conflict, 
When things actually come head to head, which one are you going to choose? You can only put one on top and one a second. Make it freaking binary so that you know which one is the most important to you right now. Because if you're trying to freaking juggle the career and the personal and the relationships, and oh my God, I'm going to freaking drop all the balls. So I don't know about you, but at least I look at it and go, I am setting myself up for dropping all of these balls because I am, I'm unable to juggle everything at the same time. And I, I think that's beautiful. I think that's the most amazing realization. And now everything goes into order of priority. So for me, I have different types of priorities because my hours and on the day-to-day actually go into my career way more than they do go into my relationship. I, like from Monday to Friday, every single hour that I'm awake and my husband's awake, we are business partners. Now that's a life that we've chosen. So when I go to hours spent, I spend... I have decided I spend it more in my career than on my relationship. But you better freaking believe, guys, you better freaking believe that when career is now affect, uh, comes head to head with relationship, and I have, let's just say I've got 24 hours in a day. And you said, Lisa, it has come to a head and you can only choose which one is more important. I don't freaking hesitate. My relationship every time. I freaking bury my career in the desert because I really decided my relationship with my husband is absolutely the most important thing. But it's not more important than my own personal health and mindset. So now it goes into my relationship coming into conflict with my own um, well-being. I put my well-being first. I don't have conflict on that. And the reason being is now I'm able to say, I need the health. I need to take care of myself. Otherwise, I can't freaking come into my relationship with my husband in full ability, in my full capacity. I can't give him my everything. Now that I've laid it out, I love my career. I love my personal development and I love my relationship. But I've actually sat down and looked at which one is more important on a day-to-day And which one is more important when they come into conflict? And knowing which one you're going to spend your time and energy on as the days and as the time goes on. So in saying all of that, you've actually listed, you've got your career, you've got your personal relationships, and you've got your spiritual journey. Which one is the most important that you feel is the first one you have to address in order for it, in order for you to crush the other ones? And that's why I said, guys, my self-care comes before my husband. My self-care comes before my career. It's actually not that it's on the surface more important to me. I've seen that if I don't take care of myself, I don't have the energy and stamina to give everything to my career. I've realized that if I don't take care of myself, then I cannot give everything to my husband. I come in insecure, unsure of myself. So... Even though I actually pride my relationship and my career over my health, I pride myself over it. Not that it's more important, but I concentrate and pride myself over it. And I'm just going to own it. But I realize that if I put, which I've done before, if I put my relationship first or if I put my career first, then ultimately it's going to be massively detrimental to everything else that I do. So I've worked backwards, I've unwound. And I said, even though all of these things are so important to me, which is the first thing that I have to focus on? And every time something comes into conflict, I make it very clear within myself, in my own little rule book, which one I focus on. Because then it starts to take care of all the other things that you want to transform. 
But start there. Start with a list of priorities, what you're going to do first, and then come up with a game plan of what that actually looks like. So that is exactly how you start on one. You start on one aspect of your life in transforming that. And over time, you will actually start to see it already starts to interconnect with the other parts of your life. So let's say you start to do your spiritual journey. Once you feel very secure that you've really gotten what you're looking for out of it, and then let's say your next thing that you have made as an important part of your life is relationships, you will actually see that the fact that you concentrated and focused on that spiritual journey, you're now able to bring that over into your relationship and it automatically, by definition, becomes intertwined. How do you set actionable goals and should it be written in a way that helps you take actionable steps and get things accomplished? Oh my God, okay. Goal setting is such an important thing. How you do it and how you approach it um, may be slightly individualized, but let me tell you exactly how I process things. I'm gonna take my book. My goal is to impact 14-year-old girls, not feel badly about themselves like I've done and not have to spend the next 20 years unwinding the negative um, feelings they have about themselves like I've had to do. Okay, now you have that goal, writing actionable steps in order to get there, to me, is so important. You can't, like, this isn't a step you can actually miss. You have to absolutely write what those steps are going to be. Now, the reason why you want to very clearly write these steps in order of priority, in order of action, because, guys, if you're anything like me, shit's going to hit the fan and it's going to try and derail you completely off your goal. So that could be anything from an emotional thing that you're going through that you didn't expect that now has derailed you from your goal. It could be um, a relationship problem that you're having. It could be you just lost your job. It could be that you got sick. It could be COVID hits the freaking world. No matter what it is, something is going to come in and try and derail you from that goal. So having these steps allows me to get out of my emotions because I can get swept away. I can get so freaking swept away with my emotions. But having an actionable goal in order allows me to say, Lisa, emotions doesn't matter. Like my emotions don't matter in this situation. Are you doing this? Yes or no? I don't give a shit if you feel like it or not. Lisa, the truth is I need a blueprint to follow. And so goals in order of priority to me are absolutely imperative. All right, so now you start to write down your goals, start to backtrack. And here's the thing, you also wanna write, it's kind of like the, the start line and the finish line, right, in a race. So you're on the starting line, where are you right now? Be freaking honest, be honest about where you actually are right now. So let me just take a YouTube channel. All right, Lisa, uh, let's just say, I wanna start a show. I wanna call the YouTube channel Women of Impact. Okay, I've got my goal. I wanna create a show called Women of Impact. I want to have 100,000 subscribers within the first year. Cool, got it, got my metrics, got my goal. Where am I starting from? All right, Lisa, I know cameras. I've worked behind the scenes. I've produced many, many shows. I built this whole studio. I built a Quest Nutrition studio. So I know freaking content. So I come in and I'm like, okay, I know content. I don't freaking have a clue how to step in front of the camera. I don't have a clue how to be a host. I don't have a clue. No, how the hell do I step in front of a camera like this and not just be completely paralyzed by the fact that a lens is staring at me? How the hell do I not get caught up in all of that? I just embrace where my starting line is. I just say, Lisa, no, you don't know. 
All right, but that's okay. I've got my starting line. I've never stepped in front of the camera before. I've got my finishing line. I want a YouTube channel that has 100,000 subscribers. Now, there's a big freaking gap between where I am and where I want to go. And so now I lay out the goals. All right, Lisa, step number one. In order to get to the 100,000 subscribers within a year, what's the first thing? I have to step in front of the bloody camera. Like, literally, that is the first thing I must do because there's no way I can do a YouTube channel if I'm too afraid to step in front of the camera in the first place. So that goes my first step, step in front of the camera. Now notice, guys, I don't even say publish the video. I just say step in front of the camera because it depends where you are. If you're a newbie and you've never tried anything before, don't even freaking pressure yourself on having to release the video. Just start with step in front of the camera. Then your next goal, as it goes in progress. Next goal is you press record. Maybe you didn't even press record. You just wanted to stand in front of the camera and see how it felt. Maybe it just, you wanted to get comfortable. Okay, so press record. Then the next step, I'm gonna show my friend. I'm just gonna show one person. The next time, I'm gonna watch this three times and sit there and watch it three times and love myself, but be honest about what I'm bad at. All right, that's gonna be my next step. Then I'm going to publish it and I'm gonna see what people say, right? Like, it becomes stepping stones. Why? Because they're on the time that I feel like shit, on the time that I step in front of the camera and I keep messing up, what do I do? Do I literally switch the camera off and never freaking step in front of it again, which is a possibility? I have the option. Or do I go back to my cheat sheet? Do I go back to my goal settings? Do I go back to the thing that I've put in order and look at what that next thing is and say, Lisa, while you feel like this, you still got a blueprint and a cheat sheet that you promised yourself you're going to keep going through. So the next time I step in front of the camera and I still feel awkward, I go, all right, you feel freaking awkward, but what did I say I was gonna do? Okay, I said I was gonna record. Okay, I'm gonna record. Even though I feel awkward, I'm still gonna record. So hopefully that gives you a little insight on how to take a freaking big audacious goal Make sure that you're very honest about where you are, not to feel badly, but just so that you can assess what the steps are you're going to have to take and then write them down. And then promise yourself, guys, that you're going to live in accordance to that. And that way, when something else comes on your plate, when someone else comes with maybe an incredible offer, Maybe someone comes with a new, dazzling, shiny toy that you're like, oh, maybe I don't do this YouTube thing. Maybe I do this over here. What's your freaking goal? Has your goal changed? Cool. Then you need to start a new plan. You need to actually say, I have decided that this goal no longer applies to the thing that I want in life and now I'm going to pivot. But you have to actually consciously decide. You have to consciously tell yourself that you've written out the goal, that you've given it a shot and that now your goal doesn't align with who you are. But don't freaking fool yourself. I see this all the freaking time. People change their path because of the difficulty it is to get to the goal. Not because they don't want the goal itself. So I literally will write what the goal is and I'll just keep assessing, is the goal still aligned with what I want? If yes, I just keep going with my game plan. I don't try and persuade myself. I don't try and tell myself it's difficult. I don't try and tell myself, well, lazy, you shouldn't do it. I've already decided. I've already written out the game plan and now I've promised myself I'm going to go in accordance. So just because you've got a goal doesn't mean it always has to be your goal. But make sure that if you say this goal is no longer mine, that you're doing it because the goal in and of itself you no longer want. Not because the freaking part to your goal is 
too difficult. If you are setting a goal, it won't be easy. If you are setting a goal, you will fall on your freaking face. And I say that with so much love, but you will. And now all you have to say is, is this the goal I'm willing to fall on my face for? How in the world do you find the time to do all you do? Between your show, reading your guest books, having a successful marriage, your drawing, and I'm sure several other side projects you have going on. How do you manage? I'm a highly sensitive person and time management is one of the things that I find overwhelms me. Any tips you can share? Thank you so much for this question because here's the thing, it's an ever-growing process. What I do now, I am actually trying to improve for next week, next month, next year, and next year I'll have a better process and the year after that I'll have a better process. So everything I'm saying now is just in real time what I do now and this is the feedback actually that I can give you immediately is that everything that you say or everything that you do is going to be a process. So as you start to acknowledge what are the things in your life that are important, that it will be a process and never going to be one and done. You're never going to be like, oh my God, I watched Lisa's video and I got this shit down. I'm done. It's never going to happen. That's the truth. So I allow myself the grace to say, Lisa, there are going to come times where you're not going to be able to juggle everything. There's going to be times where you let yourself down. Let that sink in for a second. There's going to be times, and I've given myself grace to say, Lisa, there's going to be times you're going to let yourself down. Because even though you've decided these are the things that you love to do, there are going to be some times that you don't actually act in accordance and you don't show up for the things that you've said. Okay. That's important for me to actually say to myself. Why? Because I always pride myself on growth and I'm never going to have everything down pat. So hopefully using that little tool can actually help you approach this in the most beautiful way because you said that you're very sensitive. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to eliminate the emotion behind having to decide and work on these things. So that's the first thing that helped me eliminate the sensitivity for beating myself up over the fact that I can't do everything all at once. All right. Now, I want to think that I'm Wonder Woman. I want to think that I have so many superpowers that I can handle any shit that comes my way. I really wish I could do everything that Wonder Woman could do. But the truth is, guys, I can't. And so my superpower now is recognizing that I can't. And I go back to which one takes priority. Guys, I know that I'm freaking beating that to death in this episode, but let me freaking tell you, if if you take nothing else away from this episode, it has to be that. No matter what, every time you try and convince yourself, but these have equal importance. No, they freaking don't. No, they don't. I'm going to be really dramatic because they really freaking don't, guys. You have to decide which one takes priority and it's never a one and done it's never written in freaking stone and you leave it i do this on a weekly basis so let's take for instance i had a strategy i have my show i had a pattern i had a way that i do it i have a way of prepping for it i always schedule my time before the day before i have like five hours and then the morning of i have let's say depending on what time they start i have like another three or four hours so i know i'm roughly putting in around eight to nine hours depending on the guest prep just for an episode. That was my schedule. That was how I did it. Everything else came after that. I had it very neatly done. I knew when I was shooting. I knew when I was prepping. And then Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays were my time with my hubby for my marriage. All right. Well, things fucking change. COVID happens. 
I then get approached to write a book. So all these things, your life will change, your priorities will change, but all these things started to happen. And instead of me trying to put it right on my back, right, where it's like eventually your back's gonna break, the straw that broke the camel's back is the same for a reason. It's like I started to realize in my growth mindset, in the things that I've been doing over these last 10 years, I just freaking call a spade a spade. And I just said to myself, instead of trying to pride myself on being able to carry everything, I just said, Lisa, you can only carry 100 pounds on your back. Let's just say. The second someone puts 101 pounds, you're going to freaking break. Great. Now I know that. Now I know where my bandwidth is. And not to feel badly about it, but just to know, oh, okay, this is the extra pound. This pound now is a big waving flag. The waving flag is telling me, Lisa, you must adjust and reassess your schedule and how you approach things because something else has happened. So identify the flags of where you may be overwhelmed. I've gotten to know myself enough to know how much I can handle. And so I've now gotten to the point where I can process something. So perfect example, let's take my book. So I had my show, I had my marriage with my husband, I was drawing on the weekends, and now this book comes, this book offer came in. And so while that one felt, felt great, it totally stroked my ego. I was like, well, hang on a minute, Lisa. A, does the book actually make sense with your mission and your goal? Remember to help the 14-year-old that's still my freaking North Star. No amount of amazing opportunities that come my way is going to derail me from my North Star and my mission. So the book offer comes in. I assess, does this actually make sense with my goals that I've set for myself that I've said I wanted to meet? Yes, it does. Because it talks about everything that I've had to battle in my childhood, in my teen years, all the negativity, self-sabotage, negative voice, all of that good, all of that good, good stuff. Um, the book covers all of that. So it absolutely aligns with my goal. And now I go, okay, this absolutely aligns with my goal. So now I look at the book and I say, where does the book fit in with everything else I have on my plate? Okay, as a leader in my company, I always wanna make sure that I'm there for my team. But I, I really freaking believe in my team and I freaking believe that they're amazing. Now look, everyone's gonna fail, so it's not like I think that they're amazing and never gonna fail, but the rule we have in impact theory is you can dent the car, you just can't total it. So I have the book, I realize it aligns with my mission, and now what I do is I put that, like I said before, in order of priority. Now how do I do that? I just say, I just think, where are my hours best spent? No ego, just where are my hours actually best spent? Well, I've got a freaking amazing team. So I know that I don't actually have to be with the team every single week, that I can trust and set them up to, to success, to be able to handle their shit and know that they're gonna probably, they're probably gonna dent the car a few times, but they're not gonna wreck it. And so I go, okay, well, what's more important? Making sure that I'm always there, making sure that they don't dent the car, that this is the priority on my book. Okay, well, my book, easy. So I was able to then take my schedule and rearrange. Guys, you only freaking have 24 hours in a day. There's only seven days a week. Period. And so I know there is no way I can just squeeze this in. I know that I have to actually take the hours that I'm spending and reallocate them into the things that I'm doing. So what I ended up doing is when I took the book on, I did it in stages. I set myself up for success. And I said, okay, for the first six months, I can spend eight hours on it a week. But then it gets more intense. Then it gets more time that I need to spend on it. So what I did is right from the beginning, I sat with my team and said, guys, my book's gonna be deadline, it's gonna be this day. I'm not gonna be available for two weeks before that. Then a month before that, I'm only gonna be available for five hours a day. And then 
And I literally wrote out a schedule of how my time is going to be changed with my team, with being on the show, little by little. Now here's another one for you guys. It's having to make the hard freaking choices. And sometimes you're not gonna like the choices you make, but everything goes to, do you actually want that end goal or not? So the choice being, I used to do intros, I'm just gonna say, I used to do these epic intros for the guest. It brings my heart so much joy, so much joy. And it gives me time to really embody the guest. But here's the thing, YouTube fucking data doesn't care. Like it literally doesn't make a difference to an episode that you guys see, whether it succeeds or not, me writing these intros actually doesn't make a difference. You guys still see the videos. The videos are still impacting you. So now I go, these two hours, it actually took me two hours, these two hours that I'm spending on each guest, is that actually worth my time now? Does it actually push me towards my goals? Does it actually help? And the truth was, while I liked them, it didn't. I was still creating impact. The videos are still performing. So now I realized I was holding on to it for my own sake. Once I can break shit down, guys, take what I'm saying, apply it to you, but break it down to be that succinct, that understanding, you know exactly why you're making the decision. Then you can take off the rose-colored goggles so that you can actually then see where your time is spent and if it actually aligns with the most importance. So I look at everything I do and I go, I've only got 24 hours a day, I've only got seven days a week. How much hours and time do I actually want to dedicate to these things that I have claimed are important in my life? So my marriage. I don't hang out with my husband during the week. I hang out with my business partner. In fact, we don't even hang out, we have meetings. But I still have a wonderful marriage. But that's a marriage that I have decided is going to have that amount of hours and time and attention spent on it. And the last thing I'm going to say is, guys, is break every preconceived notion of how you do things. Let me repeat that. Break every preconceived notion of how you do things. So I had a whole way. I had a way of doing my intros. I had a way of prepping for a guest. I had a way of reading the book. I would schedule the time. But now I I literally don't have enough hours because I know there's only 24 and I need my sleep. I'm not cutting my sleep. That's just one more thing to add. I've made a claim. I, Lisa does not set alarms. Why? Because I need to show up in my full freaking force. And I know myself well enough. If I'm freaking tired, I'm not going to. So I've made it a blanket statement. I do not set alarms. That's another thing. But in taking the hours that I'm awake and breaking those down, I really do go into how do I break the preconceived notion that I'm under right now that I sit down and read a guest book. Let's just take this as an example. Because I had to wait. And I was like, this works for me. Well, fuck, how? I was like, oh, break everything that you think. All right, well, I have to read a book. All right, is there an audible version? Nope. Oh, well, shit, I've just heard about this thing called Speechify. That you can actually upload a PDF to it and now I can listen to it. Amazing. Okay, but how do I use now Audible as a PDF? Um, how do I use that in prepping for a guest? Okay, what I can do is actually, while I cook dinner, to be honest, I actually don't need to focus or concentrate. So I'm going to blend cooking dinner and prepping for my guests at the same time. So now I've just taken something that may take me 30 minutes over here and an hour over here, and now I've put them together. Okay, what else can I do? I shower. Guys, I actually shower. Well, listen to the guest book. Look, I have like one of these. <laughs> 
shower cap and I put it over my headphones and I literally whether it's a podcast interview of the guest or whether it's a book that I'm listening to I have now figured out a way to do it while I'm in the shower because I was like well I have to have a shower and it's left to prep for the guest so I just think outside the box so when I say things like this there are ways to do it But I'm going to recap everything I just said. In order to do that, you have to know what is important to you. You have to know what order of priority. You have to break all preconceived notions of how you approach it. And then, guys, you have to make sure this is not freaking set in stone. That each, maybe each week, I don't know each week, but it's up to you. Each week, you actually assess what is more important. Because let me freaking tell you, when I don't feel connected to my husband, the very first thing I say is we're going to take half a day off or whatever. We actually don't take half a day off. But I make demands where I'm like, we're going to stop work early and we're going to go and have dinner together like I just freaking make those demands because ultimately I know that when it comes to it what takes priority what needs more attention right now and what helps feed in to the bigger goal and that goal being the living the life that I freaking want how do I follow through on the promise to change and achieve my goal without falling back well I don't know if this helps but the great news is you will fall back And I actually say things like that, guys, on purpose because I want to set myself up for success. Like that's ultimately what I always go down to. I have a goal. I have this thing that I really want to achieve. But how the hell do I set myself up for success? Like actually build the foundation to get me where I want to go. And the first thing that I can say when I read this is you're not setting yourself up for success because you think that by falling backwards may be a failure. And to be honest, it is part of the freaking process. If you keep falling, that should be the freaking indication that you're keeping the promise to yourself because you promised yourself that you would change. Failure is a part of that change, guys. So the fact that you are failing can be a beautiful indication that you are making the moves to change in the first place. Now, the problem, though, then lies in how do you make sure that doesn't deter you from trying again? How do you make sure that doesn't stop you from falling further and further back? Because at some point, you can take one step forward, but if you keep taking two steps back, then of course, you're never going to actually achieve your goal. So I would say start with reframing the freaking question to say, when I fall back, because I'm changing, words matter. So when I fall back, because I'm changing, how do I make sure that I get back up? Awesome. Now you've acknowledged that you will fall. You're giving yourself a freaking pat on the back that the falling is actually the indication that you're trying and changing. And now even just saying that allows you to feel good about yourself, that you made a promise that you're going to change. And that even though you've taken steps back, you haven't stopped on your promise. That's beautiful. And don't ever, ever ignore that part of it. And that is now where you start to actually write down the goal, the steps, and then have that blueprint so that when you fall, you can get back up by using the blueprint as your instruction manual. How do you achieve your goals without support when you don't have family and friends? All right, what I actually find super freaking interesting about this question is the fact that I actually started off with the opposite. I had a loving husband, and so I was like, ah, I've got the support. Every time I fall, he's there to catch me. My mom, like all of these people in my life that were amazing that will have my back anytime. The problem was I relied on them. 
The problem was I used them as my crutch. The problem was I was turning to them to actually be my hero. And the truth was, guys, that mentality, that way of actually handling it, ended up setting me up for disaster. I'm going to share a little story, personal story with you, of how I came to this conclusion. I really hope you feel the weight of this. So it was in the middle of my worst freaking health issues that I've had. I've had I had massive gut intestinal pain. Um, I've been battling that for around five years now. And when it first happened, it got to the point many times, one very specific occasion, where I was in the middle of a photo shoot and I started to get a cramp. So I just excused myself. I went upstairs and I honestly, guys, I like fell on the floor and I could barely breathe. I was like holding my stomach and I was like, oh crap, oh crap. I need, I need my husband to help me. Like I'm in the middle of a photo shoot. I cannot get up off the floor. I'm in absolute gastrointestinal pain and agony. And I was like, I need my husband. I need my husband. So I picked up my phone and I called him. And we have a rule in the BYU household that you can ignore my first call. You can ignore my second call. But the third call means you have to drop whatever the frick you're doing. I don't care if you're with in an interview with Obama or Oprah. You freaking drop it and you go, you say you're sorry, you're going to bounce. That is how important three calls are. And we have this rule. So I'm on the floor. I'm in agony. I'm telling myself, fuck, I can't get up off the floor. I need my husband. I need my husband. I'm calling him. He's ignoring me. I call him the second time. He doesn't freaking answer. I call him the third time. He doesn't freaking answer. So now I'm here on the floor feeling like I need support, feeling like my goal is to get up, to go back to the freaking set, and I don't have him to help. And guys, that was the moment. That was the moment I realized I'm the freaking hero of my own life. Yes, I want my husband there, but I don't need him. And that was the moment I realized I'm the hero of my own life. Everything starts and ends with me. Now, while it's wonderful and incredible to have people around you that can give you that extra oomph when you're not feeling like it, I'm not going to freaking lie, of course. But let's not actually do ourselves a disservice and say that that is the most important thing. The most important thing is that you freaking support yourself. The most important thing is that you've got your own back. The most freaking important thing is knowing that when the shit hits the fan, when you fall on your face, when you're feeling like utter crap, that the person, the only person that matters, that you can turn to is yourself. And now knowing that, knowing that you are your biggest hero, you you are your freaking biggest champion, grab the pom-poms and when you're goal setting and when you fall on your face, you get those pom-poms on and you freaking cheer yourself on.